one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Dober! He's ready! Oh, It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. That is the Coltonic Classic Nitro Review. There we go. Welcome in. It is the point, it's your part of the week where we go back, way back. To 1996 and watch every episode of Night Trip from its very beginning to its bitter end or hours. Be we, I be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former former cultaholic Granville Fetcher Cloth, heavyweight champion Tom Campbell, resident WCW kid from Cultaholic joins me, the one and only Sam Shredditor Driver. I was just, I was just sorry. I got really distracted there. I looked at the can and I was like, "Oh, do you remember the you've been tangoed video like advert?" What, Tony? Then, He's gonna tango him here, punch him in the face, could you, man. Could you not just pick up a can of tango in school? I don't know why I'd ever thought about this. You just lob it off somebody you don't like and be like, "You've just been tangoed." Yeah, you went yeah. to high school, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> the original advert for that got taken off. Because kids were tangoing other kids in the school. Now, I don't remember it. Originally being tangoed was like a slap across the face. Like both sides of the face like that. And kids were going into the doctors. Kids were with, deafening each yeah, other. Perforated perfor- eardrums. Perforated yeah. eardrums. They went, what happened? He went, oh, I got tangoed, miss. And, and then, then they it went, became happy slapping, and now it's an Olympic sport. Yeah, just find well, no, it's just, it's just day day life, and it TikTok find somebody on the street who's just doing their own thing and harass them or hit them with a golf club and go, hey, content. That's it. Yeah. We're, we're all content <laughs> machines now, and that's part of it. But it was the slap, and they changed it to a kiss because it was because people. I were seem hurt. to remember one where there was like a bath on the ceiling. Or oh, somebody yeah. was stuck on the ceiling and they fall like 50 feet into a bath full of tango. Ooh. And he just goes everywhere. Like a, is that a cut from train spotting? I don't know. Maybe. He yeah. was kind of walking backwards that bath up on, the, on the roof and twisting his head around. <laughs> <laughs> as, 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 as Ewan McGregor's going, No, oh, I don't even like tango! <laughs> they were the, uh, the best adverts. <laughs> nice shout on the tie. I like that. Nice throwback to tango. I want to thank you. Yeah? I want to thank you, Sam Driver. Well, obviously, for always being a great a great work colleague, Damn being an amazing right. boss, and being a lovely friend. Always thank you for that. Always thank, thank you. you for that forever. Uh, but also for shouting up the Stanley Parable oh. last time we were together. Oh. It's just, it's 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 a game I was so late getting to because I never had like a means to play it. Mm. Uh, and then I kind of just forgot about it. And then when Ultra Deluxe came out, I was like, I'm getting it, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. Because I nearly got it like two months before. And somebody was like, no, 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 no. They're doing, they're doing like a remaster. Just yeah, wait for that. Old fire. Uh, but it, it, it's just so fun, isn't it? It's brilliant. It's just silly. It's, it's just daft. It, it's, uh, it's a game experience I think you give to anybody. 
even people that don't like games and they mm. have a lot of fun with it. Like we played it and and once you kind of run through the game first time round, which is I did, Alex yeah. watched me play it. You kind it. of follow through what he tells you and then, and she, then you start to deviate. And that's it yeah. then. And she went, and she went, actually, this is quite fun because suddenly then you're, you're, you're trying different things and the announcer's doing different yeah. things. And the one that got me, and I don't want to do too many spoilers. Yeah, we mentioned No this, super spoilery. No but, super spoilers, but if you know it and you know it and it's the, it's the skip forward ending right. that I got, that made me feel really bleak. Right? I'm trying to remember which mm. one it is. Let me Google it. Because I... Have you had the adventure line yet? The adventure line? The adventure yes. line's a lot Yes, of fun. yes. I've done the adventure line. I got the confusion ending, uh, which I was quite proud of. Um... It's a, yeah. There's it's 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 so basically if you don't know it, so you the the uh, narrator follow like tell you the narrator talks as you kind of follow through the game and they go oh, oh the skip button yeah yeah, yeah it made yeah. me feel really bleak yeah yeah it's it's sort of it starts off kind of nice and innocently enough and then it's just like oh god yeah. <laughs> So the whole point is you deviate against the plot and it's how the narrator sort of tries to direct around you. And tries to get you back on yeah. the, the, the correct path. I guess it's like a game about storytelling, really. And, and yeah. are you truly in control or Because it's like whenever not? I tell a story, it's like Stanley just fucking 316 off desks and just ignoring shit. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll start telling a story and then inside that story, I'm telling another story and it becomes storyception. And then within that one, and then by that point, everybody's just turned around at the table. And by the time <laughs> I look up and I'm like, they're all just like, fuck, you know. <laughs> In the space of an hour, it went from me getting the door click ending, yeah. or the door click trophy, where yeah. like, you click on the doors, go to this door, go to that door, go to that door, to like the skip forward ending, where I was like, I don't think I can play anymore tonight. That's, have that's you, really bleak. Have you found many Stan, Stan Lurines? St Stanley Reens? Have you got to the Stanley Reens yet? I don't think I have found the, the Stanley The Figleys? Reens. The Figleys. Oh, just, go, just go on an adventure. When you get to the warehouse, just have a little mill around oh, the warehouse. okay. I've been, in the, I've been in the broom cupboard for a yeah. long time. Is this... Okay, right. There's a few Stanley Parable spoilers. <laughs> get over it. Right. Is it anything, is an old game. Is, but you played it more than I have, right? Is there anything in the broom cupboard? Because I've gone in a few times. I don't know. And the narrator keeps giving I, me new I, dialogue. I try and go in each time. Mm. Uh, whenever I'm kind of like, oh, that changed. Oh, that changed. Yeah. And it's about just kind of waiting for those small changes. Uh, but have you jumped off the, the, the lift yet? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> have you done much messing around in the boss's office? Yes. Yeah. Uh, a little dick around the boss's office went up and down in the lift. Yeah, I did some fun in there. I think that's where you get like um, the, the 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 press conference ending. Yeah, the meeting ending where like you you get like a live show. Very it's weird. So good. Oh, it's yeah. Do find it. Do seek it out. I think it's like twelve quid yeah. on PlayStation and Store. It's 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 like super accessible. Like it's the type of thing where like even if you live with people that hate games, they mm. would love to play it. Alex really enjoyed it. Yeah. And she's not a massive, you know, unless a game involves a Viking, she's yeah. not massively into it. Right. Uh, so she got into that. She enjoyed She enjoyed more watching me play that rather than yeah. playing it and sort of suggesting click there, go there, mm. do that, do that. I, and again, I was, I've got too much on this weekend, so sadly I can't add any more hours to it this weekend. <laughs> so I'm just going to have to wait until there's a gap in my schedule. We might get one. Uh, what's new with you? Uh, not much, mate. Bought some Crocs. Uh, yeah, last time we, we spoke about the about Sam Driver's Croc adventure. So, uh, how many air, how many sets of Crocs do we have now? Just the one. Just the one. Yeah, just the one. But they're comfortable as fuck. Yeah, they're just. It, it, oh, they, it should be illegal. They're so ugly, but so comfortable. <laughs> I, I, did you bring any with me to work today? No, no. no. Oh, okay, well, that's another. I'm not a. I'm not a two pairs of shoes at work type of man. So. Oh. I tend to just uh, be a shit. That's the time. Crawl out of bed, straight in the shower, out the door <laughs> type of man. And then you've got to stop staying up till 3 a.m., Sam. And then quarter to two in the morning, I'm like, 
I'll just stay up a bit more. I've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> I do contemplate bringing Counselor my Counselor just go like, this is why it keeps happening. I do, it's funny because you do find yourself going, yeah, I, I, so look, I've created a problem for myself again. <laughs> I and need you, to stop you, that. you will, you will. The thing is, I think it's important to note that you notice it. Mm. So once you notice it, then you start to guilt yourself a little bit about it, and that's where I'm at now. So last night I went to bed at half one. Okay, it slightly like, better. Okay, it's better for me. Slightly better. Uh, it's still shit, <laughs> like five hours sleep, but you know, still better. Imagine what you will get done on that rare occasion you go to bed at like nine p.m. It's because I'm obsessive, man. Like I, I, I'm having so much fun fucking around with three D stuff in my spare time, where it's just like, oh, could I make a skull filled with liquid and then make the skull invisible so that it kind of liquid turns into a giant skull? And it's like, yeah, okay, how do I do it? And then before I know it, it's three a.m. Mm. and it, it's just like, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> What did I do now? Yeah. What was life before? I guess I'll this? leave this rendering <laughs> and I'm going to come back downstairs in a few hours and be surprised it's not finished because it's only been rendering a few <laughs> hours. <laughs> well, if you're listening at 3 a.m. while waiting for something to render, you're very welcome. Yeah. Thank you for coming by. Uh, number one in the <laughs> cinema in this particular week in the year of our Lord, 1996. It's May the 20th, 96. Yes. That we're in this Ten week. 10 days out from my big fifth birthday. Oh, how did Sam Driver celebrate his fifth birthday? Tom, I can't remember like what I ate for tea <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I like I, I have I I've got like genuine like, concerning like a concerningly bad memory, but uh, I think when I was six, that was when we had, yeah, it will have been. I think it was the the year I had a bowling party, and it was mm. fucking awesome. Ah, oh, mate. And I I am desperate, desperate, desperate to set up a cultaholic bowling team. Oh, I want it. I don't care if we don't play anybody. I just want a bowling team where we can turn up. I don't know, just just completely out of it at a bowling alley, just just throw some shit down a lane, wearing matching gear, and when anybody says anything, we just throw a bowling ball at him, and then we we just sort of become a bowling gang. It's quite an aggressive. And then okay. it's sort of we can then get in touch with bowling uh, dealers uh, and and bowling manufacturers. Yeah, um, they're working out of basements, you know, but it's the safest thing. Mm. Uh, and then from there we can start disseminating bowling among the people of Newcastle and this may have turned into me starting a meth empire again. I think you've started a meth empire again. <laughs> Maybe think... if we put it inside the bowling balls, mm. then, you know, it's fine. Breaking strikes. That would be a fun, like, puzzle prize for a, a meth family member. Yeah. Put the meth in the middle of the bowling ball. Get it out. They've... You can reach in. You can kind of feel it, but you can't get it out. Oh, so the, the, the trick... How, do you, how does one... Do you put it in one of those... Um pressurized machines that... I think you could but I think I think you just go up to the, the nearest window and go <laughs> <laughs> that get me the drug there's always the risk it'll bounce though and just one bounce is enough to fucking destroy anything else in the vicinity so you could try and win the favour of an aardvark yeah go in and bring it out for you although they might they might ingest the crack you know what aardvarks are like. And then you've got an aardvark full of crack. Yeah. And who doesn't want that for Christmas? To be fair Cocaine Bear is going to need a sequel oh, meth aardvark meth aardvark <laughs> I can't wait for cocaine bear. I was like, I, I, I'm fascinated by it. I need a whole day at the cinema, man. I'm so behind <laughs> and I refuse to miss the whale. I need to see the whale. Um, I, I need to see uh, the Fablemans about another 9,000 times. Oh. I, I will give Steven Spielberg all my money uh, to just go and sit and watch that beautiful, beautiful film again. Um, but yeah, I'd still need to see Avatar as well, man. I, I, I think enough people saw Avatar because it made a lot of money. Here's the weird thing, right? Here's the weird issue with Avatar, right? Mm. One of the highest grossing movies in yeah. recent memory. I don't see it's any... Highest, the first one's the highest grossing movie of all time. Like, full stop. Yeah. Did this, I don't know whether this beats it or not, but certainly up there. Not yet, but it will. I see no memes about it. 
Uh, it's because like Avatar came and went. Like you know, it, it it's an odd one because when the second it was like we're going to shoot the next four back to back to back to back to back, and it's going to come out in 2019, and it's like okay, ten years. That's a fucking long gap. Mm. And then it's like it's going to come out in 2019, mm. uh, and it's like okay, shit. Uh, but it. <laughs> I don't know, you know. I, I, I think that, in some memes. I think for me, it's more the the like the filmmaking aspect that I appreciate about it. I don't really so much care about, um, you know, the the overall lore of it. I think it's cool and everything, but like I, for me, it's like what the fuck did Cameron do this time? Because you know that every time like he goes into a big project like that, he invents like a whole new camera system or he'll completely redefine the way 3D works or he'll just go, right, we're going to shoot this all at like the deepest part of the ocean or we're going to... And he just does the crazy shit that nobody does anymore. And I, that's what I like about mm. going to see any of his things. Plus, I mean, he made Terminator fucking 2. Just, yeah. just, just aliens. Come on. He's a crafty man. He's a clever just, man. Just, ooh, ooh. Uh, but in the cinema this year, you would have seen Twister. Yeah. Banger. An executive decision in the US and the UK cinema charts. Uh, executive, uh, both Thugs and Harmony Crossroads, number one in the US music charts nice. in 96. And George Michael Fast Love, number one in the UK music charts in this week, May 29. Thugs and Harmony ain't got nothing on Blazing Squad. Oh, they, they, hey, they Their walk crossroads so Blazing Squad fucking... could run. Yeah. <laughs> blazing Squad. <laughs> Them and So Solid Crew should have had a fight. They should have, but it would have ended very badly for Blazing Squad. Mm, so Solid true. Crew were legit, like, fucking, just, just, yeah. You'd, I don't think you wanted to fuck with So Solid Crew. No, <laughs> not at the same time. If you had 20 seconds, you might. Uh, hey, on this day, uh, Raw Epic Records released an anthem for the impending European Cup. All right. So the FA said, we need a song that captures the spirit of the European Cup happening in England. They rang Ian Brody of the Lightning Seeds, and they got in touch with the hosts Which, of one of the highest-rated football we just shows, say, Badil and Skinner. Can we just say, the Lightning Seeds, I feel, do not get anywhere near the fucking love and adoration <laughs> they deserve. That's true. Genuinely. Like, they're known as the, 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 the band that helped write this song, sure, but like... Uh, pure, like, oh, just that entire, like, mid-90s run for them was just glorious. They were just they, glorious. Life O'Reilly. Mm, just, oh. Oh, lucky you. Yeah. They were at the same time as Oasis and Blur. And, and that's, pulp, that's so kind of the thing. It's like, the they, were, they were very catchy. They would often chart, but it, it, they just weren't one of those kind of gravitational bands with, like, you know, the media needs to be on them all the time because they were just sort of like, we're just having fun making music. Yeah. And everybody else is like at each other's throats and go, Britpop! <laughs> <laughs> they didn't need to make any music ever again after this, though, because yep. uh, this gave us three lions. Ian Which, Brody, The Lightning Seeds, Frank Skinner, David Baddiel from Fantasy Football. It's it's just, it's just, I mean, it's the most iconic football song of all time. It, it, it's... And what more can you fucking say? It's three lions, man. Every single, every single World Cup, every single Euros, it's just you know, it's stuck. The twenty twenty two one was shit, but the song <laughs> in general, fifty years, thirty years of hurt for the men's game. Don't, oh, don't, don't. Don't, lads. Just rest it. Uh, this week also, Mission Impossible opens worldwide. The rebooting of a classic franchise with Tom Cruise as the center attraction. Banging, but controversial one. Mm. I think the first two are kind of shit. It had to find its feet. The first one is one scene. Mm. Like, the first one is entirely 
the 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 like zipline sequence that is like that's what made that film i think for me they're great movies but like i think by the time you get to i mean two's fucking awesome too but by the time you get to four mm. onwards it, it's just like bond levels of ridiculous like i'm gonna hang on the side of a jet and again it's another one i'll go see at the cinema every time because it's like what did tom cruise do this time <laughs> <laughs> oh he and jumped it, off the burj khalifa well i need <laughs> to see that that's worth seven quid there you and, go and tom cruise is heavily involved in it it's his production company that, mm -hmm. that get this for 70 million dollars for the budget uh tom cruise was a fan of mission impossible growing up and he went it'd be a good film that i want to be in it honestly it, it's it's just it's still going strong today it's huge mm. overseas like it's, it's massive in the chinese market so it's i think it's just one of those franchises we're never going to see go away it's going to be kind of like fast and furious it's just there might be you know an extra couple of years between each one mm. as people start getting a bit older but it's just going to keep absolutely destroying financial like records and stuff overseas. Uh, honking great arcade machines landed across America on the Friday of this week, uh, developed by SNK and Nazca Corporation. Sam Driver, do you know the game? Uh... I don't. Don't worry if you don't. The clues are very arm. I thought obvious. you were going to talk about the uh, the SNK like hot switch oh, arcade no, cabinet. No, 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 no. Love that part. Uh, it's a video game set in the year 2028, uh, in which players assume the role of Peregrine Falcon Strike Force soldiers Marco Rossi and Tama Roving to face the Rebel Army led by Donald what? Morden. This is, of course, Metal Slug. Was that this late? Mm. I thought it was way earlier. Metal Slug. Fuck, man. Like, Metal Slug is just, it, it's, it, again, what more can you say about it? I think mm. it's, it's massively underrated in certain circles. Uh, gets the love it's due from its fan base. Uh, I will buy anything. Like, the, there's so many little, like, miniature statuettes of the character. It's just so fun. Uh, the side-scrolling action and just the insanity of it all. And just the detail, man. Like the way that people die when you, you hit them with a, a rocket launcher and stuff. It's just all lovely. Did I hear that you you tried to get my wife-to-be to play Metal Slug at my birthday party? Yes. Ah, excellent. excellent. <laughs> was it well-received? I think I was playing SmackDown Here Comes the Pain at this point, so I missed this. I think she might have played uh, a hand, but Matthew jumped in, I yeah. think. And uh, me and Matthew tried to last as long as we could on it and then i know you guys played outrun after that if memory if, if, if so so i've been so i've been told in, on the periphery outrun two ah oh, of course the favorite the favorite one so that's the boring <laughs> that's the boring real world wrestling world mate right so massive omission right from that bullshit pay-per-view that we watched last week yeah which was bad because right we we're watching this pay-per-view 15 matches fucking lethal lottery slambery and over in new york Yep. At the time of this pay-per-view, mm -hmm. something phenomenal was happening. Something groundbreaking AJ was Styles happening. was being born. He was indeed, pushing out of the womb. <laughs> he did a style In class. Just seven short years, he'll be the top of the X Division. <laughs> <laughs> he looks great for his age. <laughs> Uh, I believe he's only 21. <laughs> WWF presented a house show at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it featured Razor Ramon in action early in the card against Hunter Hearst Helmsley. The main event, Shawn Michaels versus Diesel for the WWF title in a steel cage. Ramon and Diesel lose both their respective matches. Then something strange happens. because Shawn Michaels gets back into the cage, gives Kevin Nash a big old hug. Mm. What? But he's a baddie. Why is Razor Ramon coming out here now? He's he was a baddie. And they're all having a hug. Why is Hunter Hearst Helmsley out here? They he's gonna fucking regret it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> 
They all have a hug in the ring and raise each other's hands. It is the curtain call. It is. Of Madison Square it Garden. It is. And the more curious thing afterwards was that Vince didn't just go, you're all fired. Oh. Uh, he couldn't, obviously. The climate at the time would have just been handing <laughs> all that talent to WCW. But it's 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 always seen as a landmark moment. Um, and it's very quickly shot down by a lot of people. It's like, oh, we knew wrestling was fake beforehand. It's like, we, we know that. Mm. We fucking know that. It, you know, Jack Pfeffer tried to expose wrestling much, much, much earlier than any of this <laughs> shit and did so successfully. Um, but because it was localized press, it was kind of controlled. But he got blackballed for that forever. I think that was it for him. Uh, but it, it's like, yes, th there are people that understand it's fake, but it, it was the first time it kind of you'd had that big coming together in that manner in front of such a large audience in a time when, yes, the lines were very blurred and people were waking up more and more to the fact that it was fake and most people knew outright that it was staged. But it, it's, it's, it's yeah, I don't know. It's, it's still a monumental moment. And it I think is. given the timing, if it had been different, it may have led to a different outcome altogether for the people involved. Really would have done, uh, yeah. which, which we, we go into week to week on the classic Raw review, but mm. uh, just a, sort of the, the, the cliff notes from this one. So backstage at the curtain called Jim Cornette, Gerald Briscoe, both furious with what's happening. Oh, I know. St yep. Steve Austin, Bret Hart, Wouldn't Bob shut Holly. up about it for about 25 minutes. <laughs> Did he really just go off? <laughs> yeah. It oh. was, but it's, it's kind of, you know, people from that set time and set time in wrestling, I guess it, it's... You know, to them, it, it, it's a lot more than just wrestling. It, it, it's like a, it, it's, I don't know, it takes on like its own life quality to it. And I guess certain people see anything like that as endangering the employ and, and, and everything else involved with the production for the sake of, you know, one hug you could have done backstage. But then the, the idea of that is it's kind of lost because the idea that the hug takes place in front of the crowd is sort of the big moment, right? That's that's yeah. what you're doing it for, even though you shouldn't really be doing it. Uh, do you know what Vince McMahon said to Shawn Michaels when he walked backstage? What? He said, was that moment important to you? <laughs> and Shawn said yes, to which Vince went, then it was important to me. And four days later, he would punish Hunter Selmsley. <laughs> four days later, Vince and Shawn would go on a world-sweeping holiday together. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Eric Bischoff on 83 Weeks, on the other side of this coin, uh, he says, I didn't know that what was happening until a few days later. He heard through the grapevine that this thing had happened uh, at Madison Square Garden. He said, I wasn't really that bothered about it, to be honest. They were coming yeah. to see us anyway. Any publicity is good publicity. If everyone's talking about it and they're going to be over here in a couple of weeks and happy days. Yeah. Uh, now, Kevin Nash hadn't got a date set yet for when he was going to turn up. But later in the week... It's all right. They've got the big fucking green cape waiting for him. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, Willie's really, just love. keeping it all warm. And it's steam pressed and everything. <laughs> oh, welcome to Oz. Uh, he had a phone call with Scott Hall later in the week, though, did Eric Bischoff, uh, mm. and said, oh, what happened then? He went, oh, we did a thing. And he was like, oh, okay, fine. Anyway, uh, you're staying at the Atlanta Marriott. I'll come pick you up. Yeah. And and he would, and then we'll, we'll talk about that infamous trip <laughs> next time we're together. It's the one thing I think that gets disregarded by, uh, you know, the, the, the very anti-curtain call arguers is that surely at this point, at some point in wrestling history, there had to have been a show of sportsmanship in which a heel would raise, you know, the or embrace the the, mm. the face victor or whatever. 
So I, I just, I, I, it's I, one of them things. I think it? it's more, and I don't think they're against that. I think it's more the case. I think it's more the case that everyone backstage knew these four dickheads were in it together. Yeah. And they knew like, if oh, if oh, so if, if we do that, we're getting sacked, but that's all right. Yeah. Because they're That's, le- that's oh. kind of the thing is it's like, okay, so it's it's one rule for them, the other rule for yeah. us. Yeah. And- Had it been anyone else, they probably would have kind of, you know, maybe got a slap on the wrist, but it would have been admonished. But because yeah. it was the click, everyone's a bit like, oh, you could all fuck off. But Dr. D can't just walk up to Mr. T and start like hitting him before yeah, WrestleMania in order exactly. to get himself booked. This is bullshit. Dr. D can't punch a journalist. No, Kevin I think he was, he was right to do that. I think he was right, yeah, to, do he was right <laughs> to do that. And Vader was. It's just when he fucking goes, what do you call that? Bang, that's an open hand slap. And you just watch Stossel hit the floor and it's like, get in there, Dr. D. I love Dr. D. Vince strategy. would then try and make um, Schultz sign a piece of paper that said Schultz came up with it on his own. <laughs> And Vince was like, just sign that. And Schultz was like, no, no, I'm not signing this. Fuck up. <laughs> and then he went, I know. I d- was it you that told me? He went, I know. If I punch Mr. T, yeah. they'll have to put me in the if, WrestleMania. If I, well, it's like, if I if I go after Mr. T, that word's going to get out immediately. And that's going to mean that people are talking about it, which is going to mean a mania spot for me. I might not be in the match, but I might be in and around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what that led to was, because the thing is, Mr. T was already very on edge. He was sort of shitting himself because Piper didn't like him. Orndorff didn't like him. Like a lot of the the old guard didn't like him. They didn't think that uh, a celebrity should be coming into such a high profile spot mm. like that uh, in order to headline what's supposed to be like a mega, mega supercard show for the first time. Uh, and... T was kind of a bit on the fence about that and like, well, what happens if they kind of choose to shoot on me? My whole gimmick is I'm a tough guy and it's like, yeah, I can hold my own, but if there's two of them and, you know, they can just beat the shit out of me, like, what what, uh, what am I going to do? Uh, and so that led to like Hogan having to grease the wheels a bit so T was allowed his entourage backstage so that he felt more comfortable. And then, yeah, Schultz just walks up to him and tries to go for it. And it's like, oh, bad time. Real bad time. Wrong wrong person to fuck with. Had it been any other celebrity, it might have been a different outcome. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Mm-hmm. T was having none of this shit because he could have just gone, I'm walking. And that would have been it. Your main event's sort of screwed. What I love is that we've not learned from it because Dr. D going, I know if I start a fight with him, I'm in the main event. How many times on Twitter do you see people going, Roman Reigns, you're a prick. I'll have you. Hoping to get a little bit of traction. We still do it now. We just do it digitally. Yeah. We just do it but, via computers. But, but it's also kind of all worked in. It's it's not it's not like, you know, just walking up to Roman Reigns backstage at a meet and greet and trying to punch him in the mouth. Because <laughs> that would have the same outcome as Dr. D's outcome. You'd be it's, arrested and removed from the fucking building. It's true, but it's not always necessarily like this is the plan. Like, for example, <laughs> for example, should somebody make a comment about how Roman Reigns has a little elbow pad, a little pad for his punching? I was making and a then, comment about the pad. And then Roman Reigns goes, wow, gum like Goldberg, he's shit. And then Goldberg goes, you fucking what, mate? I'll have you. And then all of a sudden, Driver's booked a WrestleMania match. And I go to sleep in a big bag of money every night. Thank you, WWE. No, can you I, imagine? I love that you did. I love that you I did didn't. that. I you so didn't. did. I didn't. You so booked WrestleMania. It's staying on my CV. It's staying on my yeah. CV. Creative you know? WWE. 50 years old, trying to get a job in a Tesco after YouTube's, like, I don't know, turned into, like, some crazy... AI. It's all AI yeah. after last week, uh, isn't it? And then, and then basically, yeah, like, I'll just be like, yeah, I once got the main, main event of WrestleMania book. And they go, no, you fucking didn't. You, you fucking, put out a tweet, see you later. You fucking did. You fucking did. <laughs> I ring you. Tell them, Tom. He fucking did. He planted the seed. Vince watered the plant. 
Who planted the seed? Uh, before this episode of Nitro airs, uh, Chavito Guerrero. Nice. The son of Chavo Guerrero and the yes. nephew of Eddie gets a tryout. We don't know how well he did, but Chavito getting he'll, a run he'll, here. He'll, he'll, he'll be a bit of a bigger deal later on. He'll be right. And also there's a tryout. Can't for... wait for him to get horsey. Oh, oh. we've got Pepe look forward to, haven't we? Oh, and Chad Brock gets a tryout of this show, who is an American country music singer and disc jockey, uh, who had a very short but uneventful uh, couple of tryouts with WCW. This was the first one here. Now, Brock signed to Warner Brothers in the late 90s, uh, and he released three studio albums with them, but his first look was wrestling. So he had a couple of wrestling matches before this, and you can watch him on a few superstars, a few uh, Saturday night tapings, and he's on there, cowboy hat and everything. And it's like, spend my days working yeah. hard. On the the real Double J I was can't Chad. wait to be alone with my family tonight. <laughs> and it was WWE who stole that off him. <laughs> alone with my family. It sounds so much worse. It sounds awful. <laughs> like you don't get on with them. <laughs> alone with my family. Like he's just sat there on his phone as they're all just like, honey, don't come for dinner. <sighs> alone with my family. Just staring into a corner. <laughs> Nicholson shining style. Just... <laughs> Let, let's get the party started on Monday Nitro. It's a 90-minute special. Basically, this is where it's not quite the cold bath that we're about to jump into. They give us sort of like a lukewarm bath to get us primed. And oh boy, what a bath. Oh. In fairness, it's not exactly a bad week. It's not the worst week. Yeah. It's certainly not the worst week. Uh, Eric Bischoff, Bobby Heenan, and no Mongo start us off. Felt weird to see in two. It's fine. Mongo's got better business to be taken care of. Oh. We're building toward my favorite moment in WCW history, and Mongo is making sure it's going to happen. I got really excited thinking this was the episode. Oh, no, you got, you got a bit more to go yet. We've <sighs> got to get Macho Man involved. There's a whole thing to go. Mongo is in serious training with Kevin Green and Randy Savage ahead of his match, uh, teaming with Green against Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. So that's why he's not here tonight. Mm. He was missed, as was the duck. Uh, we get a recap of Slamboree and the, and the moment in question which is uh which is mongo announcing kevin green as his tag partner for a future match with flair and anderson flair's livid because flair thought mongo was going to get like a retired footballer who was on the golfing course so it's like no kev green is like still front and center of the football world like, yeah he was playing you know, in the super bowl four months ago he was in the superb he's playing in the super bowl this weekend that was a few weekends ago <laughs> Yeah. At the time of recording. Forgot. Super... Shit. Is well, he really yeah. playing this weekend in the Superb Owl? Yeah, of course he is. Wow. Yeah. He must be like 70. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a great quarterback. <laughs> Remember the crisps quarterbacks? No, I don't. Oh. <laughs> Cheeseburger flavoured crisps that look like little people. I, I never, nah, I didn't know that. They're like 10p a bag. I remember like shaped spaghetti. Thomas the Tank Engine spaghetti, oh, Scooby-Doo yeah. spaghetti. Classic, yeah. classic that is. We had a we had a we had a kids' tea the other night. They missed a trick with Scooby Doo. It should have all just been spaghetti hoops and just ooh, <laughs> <laughs> just the O's. They put one ghost in every every tin. Just <laughs> cut down on the price. I like to be the man that puts the ghost in each tin. <laughs> That's my dream. Job. I like to rub my fingers on the floor before I do it as well. <laughs> oh, so extra grit extra from all treat. the grit. Do you ever have a kids' tea? Do you ever just do a kids' tea? Oh, yeah. We do beige all the time. Yeah. yeah. I don't Love know if you can tell some. We, <laughs> we do beige quite a lot. We're uh, beigey boys. It's, uh, yeah, once during lockdown, um, I, I told Steph a story about uh, at uni, me and my my mate Luke, we, um, we were bored as fuck one night and we had nothing to do. It was like, we're going to, like, we don't want to go out drinking. It was just knackering. And it was like, let's make ultimate sandwich. 
And so I'd once previously made like a calzone, but deliberately used bread, like basically like bread uh, dough. Okay. So it's going to be like really thick and dense. Okay. And then you fill that with whatever you want to fill it with, uh, you know, cheese, chips, what, like just put all the horrible beige that shouldn't go together into it. And then you bake it. <laughs> and it just turns into like an American football. So we did that during lockdown. Uh, sorry, we did it again, but we hollowed out like a loaf of bread and it was impossible to eat. Um, and then during lockdown, Steph made me like the ultimate beige sandwich. And it's just been the a lifelong pursuit of beige for me, I feel. Oh, a lifelong yeah. pursuit of beige. The sound yeah. driver story. Yeah. <laughs> it's... That sounds nice, a hollow nut of bread. It's it's bad, Whoa. man. Because you get about five bites into it, and it's like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, it's, it's about as healthy as You start being... to, like, die. You're just, like, lying on the couch, just like, <laughs> I just can't. With a picture of my mate just sort of leaning over in, like, a coma, uh, and there's just bits falling out. <laughs> just, like... It's healthy as being hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, every now and then you've got to do it. Make sure you're not allergic to cars. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How is Kevin Green getting on, though? Well, The Observer this week writes that Kevin and Steve have indeed literally been training. This isn't an angle. They've been at the power plant this week with Terry Taylor. And the reports are that they are doing incredibly well as far as sort of personality and movement goes. Kevin Green, a little shy in the ring, apparently, uh, but ahead athletically. The rumor is they're teaching uh, Steve McMichael to do a moonsault as his finisher. Uh, uh, however, this would later in the week turn out to be a funny joke started by Disco Inferno. Oh, Glenn, you cunt. <laughs> Glenn or Greg or whatever it is. I, I like Glenn. Yeah. He's a boring man. Who the fuck is Greg anyway? Greg Gilbert. <laughs> His lesser-known brother, but we like him Greg more. Greg Galbani. Greg Galbani. <laughs> Those adverts are so annoying. Call Greg Galbani it's now. Like the, when the people can't can't pronounce Galbani properly, and but they're adding so many syllables. It's mm. like if you were not adding syllables, fine. But it's like you'll just hear somebody go, Galabanani, Galarimanabriani. And it's like, it's not even a Z in it. Yeah, who's putting a Z in it? I'm not buying your product. I'm not buying it. You need to find better pitch people that aren't just going to add letters to your name. Lads, I'm not doing Oh, I'd love some Gablini. Can I have a Glenn Gilberti? Can you please pass the jelly? That's a joke for Americans. Uh, opening concert. What's that this... off again? Oh, God. Can damn. you please pass the jelly? What is it? You now, need to tell me. Now, it's 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 from now it's a, a, a sitcom, a comedy show brought it back to life. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm trying to. God damn. Okay. Please pass the jelly. It is from the uh, from a commercial it's, it's... for. Because he a says product. past the jelly and they're all like, what the fuck? Yes. Uh, it is Please a, be for smokers. It's, it's for, <laughs> you're not far off. It's from it's for Palana All Fruit Jelly. Nice. Uh, it's it's basically, it was like a jam preserve. Yeah, they're like, and could they're you like, pass me the jam, please? Pass the Palana. Could you pass, pass me the, the Palana? The preserves. And they go, could you please pass the jelly? And they all just, it's like record scratch, just like fucking... And they're all like, you fucking what? You common piece of shit. Get him out. Get him out. Who let him in the club? You dirty yank. And they're all just like, kind of, they've got their wooden tennis rackets still. And they're all just like, (laughs) poor person. Who let this septic tank in here? Get out. Get out. (laughs) Good old septic tanks. Right. Thank you, America. Um, (laughs) Thank you for the wrestling and all the downloads. Uh, And all the jelly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's called jam, you pricks. Uh, (laughs) The opening, it's not, co- though, technically. 
If you yes, have, yes. if you have shit jam that is all jelly, I've never had shit jam. If you ever have shit jam that's all jellyified, like you go into Asda and buy Asda value jam, that's mainly jelly. But if you get jam and it's not all fucking gelatinous and and formed into, if you can turn it upside down, it will go and retain its shape. Oh, then it's 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 jam. I think if it's if it retains its shape and you, when you cut into it, it's like you could cut the fucking thing in half and lift oh. half out. There's jelly. Still pricks though. But it's jam. It's it's regardless of what it is, it's jam. Peanut butter and Why jam. Why do you call it jelly? Jelly's what you have with whipped I get confused when I order egg and egg and chips in America. They bring me egg and crisps. <laughs> order egg and chips. Give me egg and crisps. Ever ordered any biscuits and gravy in America? Uh no, I've had biscuits. Have you ordered? Yeah, just... in fact, no, I've had it on a meal. Yeah, I've had I've had biscuits and gravy with chicken I fried chicken. I love the idea that if you order biscuits and gravy over there, you get scones and white sludge. Over here, you get chocolate digestives and bister. I I yeah, <laughs> but there's something to be said for that white gravy. It's just, oh no, I do oh, like. Don't get me wrong, oh, I do love the white sludge. Oh. Do love your white sludge, especially I from love the crack your of, white sludge. I love your white sludge. <laughs> That's what they're calling Florida these days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know who you are. <laughs> I like the one from the Cracker Barrel. Yeah, crack. I ate like Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. I had, what did I have a Cracker Barrel? Crackers. I had like a lot of chicken, yeah. but but uh, yeah, it was it was like just one of those. It was just one of those trips, man. I think it came back like a stone heavier. It was bad. <laughs> you can't. But it was like you're on the road, man. So it was just like you have to just eat whatever you can eat whenever you stop. Mm. 2 a.m. Waffle House was the fucking boy, though. That you was. Did, you'll always have that when you're Waffle House with Jim Cornette at yeah. 2 a.m. And just Kenny not being able to comprehend how much Cornette was eating. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big boy. He likes it's his... just like, it's like, Jim, I don't think I've ever shit this much in my entire life. Like, where are you taking this now? <laughs> and Kenny's just looking at me like, I don't know. <laughs> Go to Wendy's and he's just like, I'm going to get this, 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 and this. And he's just demolishing it. And it's like, God, like, fucking damn, you should be a competitive eater. <laughs> he's a beast of a man. Speaking of, four beasts of men in our opening match. The Steiner brothers face Fire and Ice, Scott Norton and Ice Train. Oh, buddy, oh, boy, oh, gee, oh, golly, oh, gosh, oh, fuck. All the meat, all of it. The the um, the tag division are not full of beef, innit? Like, we got Steiner's... We got Fire and Ice, Road Warriors, Public Enemy. Look at how oiled up they are, though, Tom. Harlem Heat. Look how big they are. I bet they could lift a car and throw it into the audience. They probably could. It's all beef. <sighs> That's what we're missing today. All these short guys. Thin <laughs> guys. <laughs> all these, new all flips these and flippy flappy And you've got, you got Braun thinking he's some big guy. <laughs> Put him in 90s WCW and Braun would look like Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Driver hates all that flippy flappy bullshit. Oh, yeah. Damn right. Go back to Ring of Honor, no. as Baron Corbin once said to somebody who never worked for Ring of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> I he thought just, that was great. He, I genuinely went out it was like, that's just perfect. I, I just like, I like him to say that to everybody. Go back yeah. to Ring of Honor. <laughs> never, from, never did Ring of Honor, mate. Never did Ring of Honor, mate. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Beefy tag match to get started. Uh, Scott and uh, Scott Steiner and Ice Train in an early exchange. With Ice Train just putting Scott on his ass over and over again. Fucking yes, he Scott. fucking did. And people say big man wrestling's fucking boring. Look at the Steiners. Yeah, they're Look at Fire and Ice. I thought the Scott, looked, Scott looked extra um, muscly tonight. Yeah. I don't know whether that was just me. I thought He's he just been extra. doing extra exercises. He's getting big. 
Get like a big boy. Uh, beautiful belly to belly on ice train, uh, which leads to tags either side. Scott Norton and Rick Steiner then sort of go. All I right, should have let's said. Go. I should have said he's getting ready to carry the company on his back because that's yeah, that's the truth. He is. I'd have there. tuned out if I didn't have Scott Steiner for a while. Those like genuinely, years, <laughs> those final years with Steiner as world champ. Yeah, I mean, it was a rough old time, but Steiner as world yeah, champ. Yeah, you was never, really you never knew what you were going to get. It was like living in a in like a Johnny Bravo cartoon. <laughs> like, now he's got a tiger. <laughs> now it's just, just weights in the ring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Road Warrior Animal because of reasons. What's happened to his leg? <laughs> um, Norton's strong arms, uh, Rick Steiner even lands a splash. Uh, however, Rick comes back with a big old German suplex. We see Scott back in the ring. Killer tiger suplex. Mm. Oh, and then just for fun, double axe handle to the floor. I love when he, he gets him in the corner. I think he gets, is it Ice Train in the corner? But he he's just like staring into the camera that's on the corner right behind him the entire time and just going, bah! Bah! getting that face time. <laughs> like just not losing eye contact. You just kind of awkwardly go, oh. <laughs> you make, yeah, it's, you really like where the big boy's playing. You're in the ring with them. Yeah. Like I like that. Nice little touch. Uh, Scott shrugs off the axe handle in the onslaught by Scott. Hits a Samoan drop. Uh, does uh, not Scott? Uh, yeah, it did Scott. Scott Norton. Uh, he hits a Samoan drop. Does Scott Norton? Tags are made either side, and this breaks down into a brawl around the ring. Shoulder breaker by by Scott Norton on the outside as Rick and Ice Train brawl up the ramp. This match is thrown out. It's a no count. It's a double count out. Uh, ref's gone. Fuck this. We're going with Gerard's. She's uh, uh, just laziness. Yeah, you're not happy with the finish. Do you think we should have had a more? No, you should have just had somebody come out, run the match again. Oh. And then when the match finishes, cancel all the other matches and run the match again. Would that have been a good nitro just, for you? Just, that would have saved WCW. <laughs> just fuck the NWO. <laughs> fuck Hall and Nash coming over. Fuck Hogan going heel. Just run that match for all eternity. Fire and ice just until I they just die. Watch them, <laughs> I just want to watch them absolutely pulverize each other. <laughs> until they just four little four, four piles of fine powder. Yeah. Like like red like like red dwarf after and they're a, still inexplicably just blasting the nitro girls music and the lasers <laughs> are going everywhere. You tune in; it's all that's on TNT all the time. That's great. Yes, yeah. uh, the giant is the star of WCW magazine this week. A look at the monstrous giant in the magazine. I can't remember what the kid says. Wow, where, where do they we... come up with this stuff? Yeah, where do they get this stuff? As he turns into and Sting, it's, but Sting, no, it's it's on the way out because Sting goes like wow with like a really expressive face, and then it comes. Back Back to the kid, and the kid's like, "Where did they get this stuff?" <laughs> it's, it's, it's so good. We need a new advert for that very, very soon. Uh, how about this though? Eddie Guerrero heads out to the ring. He's going one on one with Ric Flair. The only time we'll get this match until 2002. Just, oh, just... yes. Now what? Okay, so early on, Eddie wins with some lovely wrestling exchanges. Yeah. Flair gives him loads. Uh, Flair lands some chops onto Eddie. Mm -hmm. Eddie absorbs them, gives him a few back. A bit of a receipt. Guerrero looking great here. Yeah. Flair is flustered because Eddie's just finds a way out of everything. It's uh, whenever whenever Flair's able to escape, Eddie's just right back on him. Mm. Just not giving him any breathing room because he knows what Flair's like. The second you give him space, he's going to peel out the ring and get the fuck out of there. And Flair is fluid. Like he gets yeah. knocked down. He rolls back to his feet as if to go, come on. And he's immediately back down again. Yeah. No wasted motion from Flair until he rolls out of the ring and just wanders straight over to his dining area. He's got this lovely dining area at ringside at Nitro. He had it for the last couple of weeks where there's like uh, food and champagne and, and, and lovely 
glasses and a candle. Yeah. And uh, he goes over and grabs a chair. Like, I'm going to hit him with a chair. And then Randy Anderson's like, no, you're not. Pulls the chair away. He even pushes Flair. And Flair starts stomping like a child. He actually, yeah, full double foot stomps. <laughs> full double foot stomps. He's amazing. Um, Flair ends up getting back into the ring. Uh, looking strong is Eddie as, the, as we go into the break. Now... I've always I've spoken for weeks and weeks how much I love woman like how I've developed yeah it's waning now because the noise she makes in every Ric Flair match is now landing in the back of my head that's too late Tom you have committed you've committed you've committed that's it Tom something you just have to learn to love (sighs) I feel like Henry VIII you can't do this to the listeners you can't do it you can't do this to the listeners Mm. it was a very happy thing she's still a wonderful woman but just that Listen to him complaining. She can't help it. She certainly can. Uh, She's just wanting to impress, just like Flair, just wanting to impress Onslow from Keeping Up Appearances, who's on the front row. (laughs) Is he? (laughs) You know, see, there's a guy that's just like him in a hat and everything. This looks like Onslow from Keeping Up Appearances. You might need to flash a picture up for the Patreon because there's no fucking way anybody's going to have seen Keeping Up Appearances. If you have, write in, please, because what a show. The bouquet residence, the lady of the house. People, I my saw nanny somebody, loved somebody made a meme recently and it was just, um, it was, you know, the, is it the Drake meme where he's kind of like, no, and then yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was like Hyacinth's just face just over it with no, <laughs> with uh, with a bucket next to it and then <laughs> a bouquet of flowers and yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it's great keeping appearances. Oh, it is. It's proper good. Oh. Richard, just the long suffering husband. The actor who plays him is phenomenal. They're all great in that. God, God, seek that out. There's some classic British sleepy, yeah. wholesome comedy. Just about really shit small town people. And a woman who really wants everyone to think that she's the, the that tits. she's posh. <laughs> Even though she just lives in an ordinary place, her family are all ordinary, but she insists that she's very well to do. And Onslow is the... the uh, it's her sister. It's her like normal sister's like run-of-the-mill husband who's a bit lazy, <laughs> sits around in like a string vest watching sports and smoking 40 a day eating crisps and it's like he's just <laughs> they've got like a burnt out car in their front garden it's so good so uh, Onslow is impressed by Ric Flair and the woman <laughs> and Eddie here um, Eddie looking for a uh, a sunset flip off the top rope Rick tries to aloha on his way out of it yeah and uh, Eddie pulls the tights to get a sh- so even Eddie's like going I'm out wrestling you I'll cheat a little bit as well yeah. <laughs> I lie I cheat I steal little future echo there uh, Flair gets a prolonged bit of offense after he counters a 10 punch corner with mm-hmm. an inverted atomic drop and now we see a little bit of Flair slowing it down down, pacing it through. Uh, Eddie goes for a headlock when he gets a little opening and Rick immediately turns it into a backdrop, uh, a double down from here. Uh, Ed as, and then Rick sort of winds back for like a Randy Orton style punt. Yeah. Again, a little future echo. Runs at Eddie and Eddie sweeps the leg, puts Flair in a figure four and would have got a tap out had Flair not been nearer the ropes. Man. What he should have done is just got... <laughs> And talked it all. <laughs> and then he could have just taken Flair's spot. It's the school of Dr. D. I don't know why more people aren't just doing this. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> Big old dive to the outside by Eddie. Ends up with Eddie crashing into the guardrail. He dings his knee mm. on the way down, and that becomes the story of the rest of this match here. Uh, Flair wor working over that knee, landing a big vertical suplex as well, just to put extra pressure on. Uh, Eddie pushes back here. Gorgeous tornado DDT and tightrope Hurricane Rana. But all the while, like, that leg, that wheel is, is giving him some grief. Yeah. So he's on a bad wheel here. Uh, he even lands a frog splash, does Eddie? Beautiful frog splash, but... Now, I don't know whether it was an accident that Bischoff tried too quickly to cover, but he grabs the other leg. Oh, he meant to hit a powerbomb there. <laughs> this is coming Did, off the top rope. Didn't get all of it. <laughs> no, because he's been working the one, he's been holding the one leg and then suddenly he grabbed the other. Yeah. And Bischoff's going, oh, he's hurt the other leg now. Yeah. And I don't know whether that was Bischoff too quick to... It's, it's something that's amend. coming back and I mm. don't like it. I'd, I'd rather it just not be addressed. Yeah. Like, I'd rather it just move forward because I think just trying to even cover for it, because I think there is a bit of a complex of, well, everybody says wrestling's fake. So if you're able to kind of make it feel more real, then it feels like it's coming from a good place. But to me, it just draws too much attention to it. I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. I wouldn't notice if he had nope. drawn attention. And I would have been like, okay, that's still fine. You know, yeah. I've had that before where I've been given commentary to do and they've gone, right, in this match, the finish fucks up. Um, can you kind of not draw too much attention to it? <laughs> Tom's <laughs> just screaming. He's like, it's Doink the Clown! And it's none of it's happening on screen. <laughs> Look at that over there! Sorry, I got distracted. Oh, he won. I guess that's fine. Just have Doink keep popping up over the box. <laughs> Like the Toasty Man in yeah. Mortal Kombat. Whoopee! Uh, this gives Flair an opportunity to get back to his feet. He hits a shin breaker and puts the figure four on. He then gets a pin on Eddie via the figure four because Woman is using her strength to pull Flair and keep Give Eddie him in leverage. position. Yep. Cheeky leverage pin to give Ric Flair the win. I'm going to say it, Sound Driver. That was my favorite Nitro match since we started this show. It's definitely up there. Mm. Definitely up there. It, it just it just had all the time it needed. Yeah. It didn't seem to go on for too long or too short. It still had, you know, the predictable outcome, sure, but it was just nice watching them work. Yeah. It was just nice watching them kind of go back and forward with each other in that way. Uh, Eddie Guerrero. Especially uh, when Flair's been so chicken shit recently. Yes. Yeah. And, and and it's one of these guys that you can almost picture the character of Flair going, I'm going to fight Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. I need a little a little tune up. And then Flair being like, oh shit, he's good. Also, I, I've not been able to get it out of my head. You kind of touched on Sid earlier and the, the Sid leg incident. <laughs> yes. Have you ever like gone back to that and, and struggled through watching it and, and just seen the front row or like there's just the crowd? There are people just kind of like... And still just like enjoying it. Like, how the fuck? He's just lying there like twitching and screaming. And it's like, how are you not just screaming at the referee to yeah. end this? Because there's a lot of people looking concerned and then just loads of people just kind of being like. <gasps> I guess because wrestling is is so wild that yeah. people probably wouldn't. There'd be people there who just thought, oh, this is part it's of it. A it's a dislocation. He's wearing a fake boot. His yeah. leg's actually halfway up the boot. There's no way anybody <laughs> could be that tall. His leg is, is in a hole in the ring. Yeah. The false leg is there. That's why he doesn't move for ages. <laughs> like when they cut a woman in half in a magic show. <laughs> that's how they, they don't did actually it. do that. No. He is a stunt granny. Uh, that's how they get around it. <laughs> it's a true story. Oh, that or this is like a lot of torsos of, of, of magicians' assistants. <laughs> well, I mean, there, the there, are, a lot, there are a lot of magicians ships. on cruise ships, and I don't mm. think there's any easier way to dispose of the halves. I mean, there is and that. just, you know, going out for a smoke. And just uh, <laughs> taking your big bag of cigarettes. <laughs> your big burlap sack full of loose cigarettes. This sack is labelled Benson and Edges. Oh, there must be cigarettes. What's all this red liquid? Oh, it's cigarette juice. <laughs> <laughs> 
pulling Good it up to the side, throwing it over one juice. end. You got your other bag, but you've got to, you've got to pretend you've accidentally dropped it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh. Good job I've got the other one. And you pick the other one up and you just go, oh, I've done it again. <laughs> And then in front of everybody, you pull out a pack of smokes and light up. Uh, and they go, oh, that's they go, fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. Bet, or, or better yet, the bag slips open <laughs> and the heart one, the top half of the body falls out. And you go, oh, my Lara, Croft, my Lara Croft memory card. I was just going to say, you, you just, you just kind of go like, uh, Marlboro aren't what they used to be. Uh, and just sort of gently <laughs> shove the arm back in. But you gotta, you pretend gotta... to smoke it. <laughs> one of the fingers. <sighs> This is a cumbersome cigarette. This is lads. It's <laughs> light in the air. <laughs> I think a lot of time it's confidence tricksters. Is if you can't convince them, confuse them. <laughs> I think there's a lot of that. <laughs> Just play it off like, ah, oh, yes, this is what's happening. It's fine. Yeah, standard behaviour. It's all good. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mean Gene heads down to ringside to interview Ric Flair, Woman and Liz. They're in the little private dining area. Uh, and Gene reveals that Randy Savage is somewhere in the building. Ooh. Gene, as you'll find out later, Ooh. is a fucking bullshitter. Ooh. You find out straight away because Flair goes, he's not allowed in the fucking building. He's not in the building. Yeah. Gene this week is a fucking, is a shit stirrer. Gene's been listening to his own fucking hotline a bit too much, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Gene's been smelling his own farts too Getting much, high maybe. in his own supply. It's fucking ass. It's <laughs> ringing up, tell me the stories, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> He's so high up his own pin. He's <laughs> ringing the hotline. What shall I talk about this week? looking at his bank account. <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? I've been on the phone for so long. Like a weird chat back system. Uh, Gene, so, so Gene says, hey, Savage in the building. And Flair's like, no, he's been locked up. I mean, you're both wrong. Uh, he says, anyway, Macho, I'm teaching your wife a new way of life down the camera. Just wherever you are, if you're seeing this, just so you know. <laughs> just keep going because this is all Flair's promo is this is it, isn't it? <laughs> Flair comments on Kevin Green and Steve McMichael saying Mongo's wife follows me around like I owe her money and says Green has made two mistakes <laughs> he says entering North Carolina without asking his permission and thinking he can cross train wrestling and football like he cross trains the girls 
wrestling and football. Um, he warns Green that he won't be making camp. Then he grabs a bottle of bubbly and leaves up the ramp. Oh, that rhymed. <laughs> that was a happy coincidence. It's, just a bit it's, of flair, just it's, needling people. And then Flair goes and does what I knew he was going to do, but I hoped he wasn't because he's great on commentary. Mm. But he's very distracting. Yeah, and that's the whole point. But like, he's very distracting. Like when you hear him talk, it's just kind of you, you get lost in it a bit. Yeah, and you're right. After the break, he is sat in Mongo's seat with all the accoutrement from the dining area. Yeah, fuck I... you, Mongo. You got a dog. What's Flair got? He's got like a roasted game hen. <laughs> he's got a pineapple that's been cut into like weird Jenga blocks with probably some ham or some shit. Some of that fruit looked fake to me. It probably was. Probably was. Yeah. Uh, lovely bottles of bubbly. Bobby Heenan is lighting the candle. <laughs> I thought it was great. And then he, Bobby tries to have a little bit of shampoos and Bishop was like, oi, watch it. <laughs> Don't have a drink on the job, Bobby. Uh, yeah, as you say, Flair's quite distracting here, but he, he is in his pomp, the fact that he sat in Mongo's chair yeah. and will spend the rest of the night like giving little digs to Mongo and, and you know, talking about, hey, Deborah's <clears throat> coming home and all this stuff. Deborah's coming home. She's coming home. She's coming home. She's coming. He does that. Uh, and then Bedeel and Skinner. For another hour straight. <laughs> Bedeel and Skinner are a loving life. Rick Flair giving the No, song no, and... Bedeel's like sat there at home and he's like, Skinner, you know that new sound <laughs> you were looking for? Skinner! Hold up the phone. <laughs> Rick Flair just going for it. Yeah, yeah. Hear the new sound. <laughs> this is what we needed. It's your cousin, David Bedeal. All right, Dave. It's me, Frank Skinner. I'm from the, I'm from the West Midlands. And I could never get away with Frank I'm Skinner. I could never get away with Frank Skinner. I don't know what it is. Oh. Just couldn't get away with him. Just, yeah, I can never get away I, with him I, either. I tried, he I tried book holidays, but he's never free. I tried like, because there's like a few key stand-ups where people are like, you should watch these ones. And mm. every time, it's just, I don't know what it is, it's just a disconnect. No. Like, he's great. And everything I've seen him in, he's been class. But I don't, for whatever reason, a stand-up just doesn't resonate with me. And I'm a bit annoyed because it's like, everybody's, oh, no, it's so good, it's so good. And I just wish I could get it. I mm. wish I could like jump into it. It's been a while though. It might just be that I needed to age a bit. Maybe. We'll find out. Maybe. Oh, he was talking about boobies. <laughs> oh, no wonder I didn't get this two years ago. I don't think. Nah, I, I, I don't think his comedy is uh, is of a certain no. vintage. I think you're fine. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I I listened to him a few times on Absolute Radio, and I I don't. I mean, you do you. It's not. I don't get it. I don't get it. And he's and he's he's one of our own. So yeah. I, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to say that as well. Uh, Stang and Leg are in the house. The world tag team champs. Leg is still the television champion. Forgot about that. Uh, they're putting it up against Meng and the Barbarian. The faces uh, of fear. Faces of fear. Ooh. Eric Bischoff calls Meng the human Vegematic. And I was like, eh? And I, and I thought, I'll rewind that. Is Why it like a juicer? Is it like a, a, a mandolin? It's for making, yeah, basically it's for shredding up vegetables. And I was like, yeah. why is he called Oh, he said it as he chopped Stang. Right. So it's like a chopping motion. So like, because you, you can chop vegetables with the Vegematic. Ah. If you'd made a reference about Bovril, Eric. Yeah. He is the human I would have gone over big in the UK. You would have fucked WWF out of the market. <laughs> Everybody would have been buying WCW gear, eating their Bovril. They've already... mandated four jars a day. <laughs> They've already got the UK market covered. Because bear in mind, Replay is still going, wrestling's going <laughs> Debra's coming. Ric Flair has now had to live in London on a bus driving around <laughs> blasting and clapping for the last 30 years. 
<laughs> Ride Space Short Stay Car Park. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Meng clattering Lex. He lets the barbarian have a go as well. Uh, tag to Stang as we go to break. It's all, and there's a bit like the tags are made and then they kind of stop and then the music hits. And they go to break. It's almost like, they, they, it's almost like they, we'll just wait for yeah. the break to go okay. and then we'll carry on. They'll just put Ric Flair, get him to stand up and they'll all kind of applaud and cheer him. Get distracted and then crack on the match. <laughs> but thankfully, there is a bit of match for the people watching who aren't watching at home because when we come back from the break, there has been wrestling. Uh, Sting hits a double arm drag onto Meng and the Barbarian, but he misses his huge drop kick. And he looks mm. really annoyed about it us on the way up. Like he, <laughs> he he's hit it, and by which point, Barbarian's moved out of the way, and Sting's like, ah! Like he knows <laughs> he's fucked it, and he's on the way down. I just thought his reaction there was somebody who was like, at this point, he knew he fucked up. <laughs> Bang. Uh, Meng and Barbarian do a nice atomic drop boot combo. Yes. Nice little, little like, to- like early version of total elimination. But Luger breaks the three count. I was going to say, is this the point where Bischoff says that Sting may have broken a jaw? Yes. He didn't specify which jaw. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. One of, <laughs> now, it's either suggesting that he's landed a rogue punch on one of the baddies. Yeah, he could have broken one of their jaws, yeah. like one, a jaw in that respect. Or, which is what I thought, He does Sting have a very has... chiseled chin, though. He could have multiple jaws. Maybe he's got two jaws. Double jaw Sting. Is he like an alien, except with the mini mouth? He's got like, you know, a mini mouth that comes out of the bottom jaw. Sam's Conspiracy Corner. Maybe his bottom lip, like, hides another mouth. Oh. And then, oh, yeah. yeah. He comes out and goes, Hello! <laughs> You can't trust Lex Luger. Yeah. He's fine, really. It's the little mouth that makes all the shit decisions. You can trust Ric Flair. He won't turn on you. (laughs) You should watch The Crow. (laughs) Or just get Scott Hall to tell you the synopsis. (laughs) Sting ain't got time for a film. He ain't got the yeah, he's busy, man. He's just got to... But anyway, there's a point where... Um... He's got to keep breaking into that kid's house and transforming into him, doing oh, the advert sh- and then transforming back. <laughs> Turn into a crow and just get a child. <laughs> That's wrestling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the little mouth under Sting's mouth, making all the bad decisions. Do a film about yourself with a slight Christian swing. It'll go down well. I still... Uh, we need to do a watch along of that at some point. The moment of truth. We need to do a watch along of it. It's the only WWF it's... film named after a Silla Black catchphrase. It's not a WWF film. Sorry, it's the only wrestling film named after... It's it's like... It's a Christian... It's an independent production, it's an yeah. independent Christian production company. Yeah. The moment of truth. Uh, it's a bad laugh a sting. And it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's up there with the Jesse Ventura film. Which I think we talked about last week. Which one was um, that again? Uh, the 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 story of Jesse Ventura. Oh yeah, I made yeah. a mistake. Like yeah. it, now, last week I said that oh that he he acts like he's there the day Owen Hart dies in this film, but that's not yeah. true. I got a ma- massive error to fix on that one. Um, the film actually came out on the day Owen passed, but in the film he does say he was present for the Montreal Screwjob. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> he might have been. You know, he might have bought a ticket. <laughs> sitting in the back, chewing his chewing his tobacco. He definitely had a match against yeah. Goldberg as well. In the WWF. Yeah. <laughs> and called commentary with Gorilla Monsoon in WCW. Yeah, I remember all of that. It's brilliant. It's so good. 
<laughs> just all wrong. It's amazing. And we then he went that's... and became governor of Minnesota. <laughs> I think in the film he's king of the world, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't we, complain. We Jesse Ventura would probably rule pretty fairly. There's two films we've got to watch. Jesse Ventura and Sting. Yeah. We've got to watch both of those. Uh, lovely double top rope headbutt from Meng and Barbarian onto Sting. But Luger seems to distract the referee and the ref doesn't make the three quick enough. Yeah. It so. would have been a clear like five, six count by the mm. time the referee got around if Lex Le- hadn't jumped in. He was just chatting away to the ref and the yeah. ref got distracted. Uh, Flair dodges another splash. Hot tags to Lugo and he's dropping clotheslines like they're going out of fashion like he's on the US Intrepid. Uh, and end comes with everybody fighting everywhere. Sting lands a splash from the top rope onto Barbarian and Luger is the one that rolls into the ring and hooks the leg and gets the three. Yep. And rolls out of the ring again. That'll do. Surgical. Mmm, I like that. Yeah. Fun little match. I just, why the fuck are they still just working together as a team? I just, it's... What the, are we doing here? We're spreading is this it, thin, is, aren't is we? it, It's psychotic. I don't, like, Luger's gonna fuck Sting over. Maybe not. Luger's gonna fuck Sting over. Maybe, Maybe not. Luger has fucked Sting over, but Sting doesn't care. <laughs> Luger fucks Sting over worse, but Sting kind of just questions if that really happened. Even though this video proof of it, that's slow motion. Uh, and then it, it's just been that. And then they work together fine. You can trust Lex Luger. I just, trust Lex Luger, Sting. He's fine. I just, He's just a get him, man. Get, give him a ponytail, get him bigger, and put him in bloody red already. <laughs> Don't wear red just yet. No, no, not Sting. Luger. Don't turn your back on the wolf pack. You, you might no, you, end you, up you, in a body bag. Yeah, that, that's, that's good, good advice to live by. <laughs> that's the little voice of Sting, by the way, yeah. in case you missed that bit. That's my little voice. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Uh, yeah. Again, as you rightly said, let's let's wrap up this Sting Luger thing now. It cause... just feels like we get fuck all. It, it feels yeah. like sometimes it's blue balls every storytelling. <laughs> it, sometimes it feels backwards in the storytelling where like the pay per views are really driving the impetus for the week by week, but then it's just like okay, uh, we're gonna have another tag match, mm. and it's just what like fucking wait, Luger went to hit Sting with the case. Nothing came of it. Luger, like... There's something that makes me even angrier on this show coming up. <laughs> we'll get to it in a bit. Uh, makes me that angry. Uh, mean Gene is outed as a dirty lying grifter as we cut to Randy Savage outside the building, not in it. And Randy knows that Gene's a grifter because he kicks the garage in frustration. <laughs> yes. Uh, the referee, sorry, policemen are stopping from Savage getting into the into the arena. Uh, I love that he's in full gear, though. Yeah, he's ready as he to wrestle. Be. Like that's that's you know, in my head. Macho Man went town to fucking town dressed like Macho Man. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? He's Macho Man Randy Savage. He walks into a restaurant, he eats for free. He's Macho Man. <laughs> it's true. You know, you could go punch a cop in the mouth. He's Macho Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Dig it. Yeah, snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> macho Man. He could walk into any gas station, just take five off the counter and go, fuck you, I'm on the fucking packet. <laughs> Instead, he just wears normal clothes so people don't bother him. It's so boring. If I wish we lived in cartoon land. <laughs> so do I, mate. We'd, have We'd so all have fun. one outfit for the rest of time. <laughs> but... <laughs> We'd have one outfit. Except for Christmas specials and adventure mm-hmm. episodes. <laughs> you get calls, the, get calls from the hospital at three in the morning. I'm very sorry. It's your father. He's uh, He's been hit by an anvil. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm we've on... given him 10 cc's of chocolate and he's going to be just fine. 
but you might need to come and help us help us unroll him. Your pet roadrunner is loose. No! We're going to coyotes around and trying to catch him. Amazon's going to become Acme, aren't they? If was, they're not Acme already. <laughs> like, I was about to say, breaking news, Jeff Bezos has just bought Acme. Yeah, he doesn't need to. Amazon's already Acme. They've just got to start shipping everything in crates. My God, it is nearly Acme, isn't it? Yeah. There's like an Amazon Basics for every product. All they got to do is start making like comically large, like uh, spherical bombs with big fuses, uh, huge slingshots, uh, paint that looks convincing when you paint a road on a on a brick wall. You know, that sort of stuff. That's a YouTube video waiting to happen. I tried to catch a roadrunner using Amazon, only using Amazon drone drops. <laughs> paint to, like I tried to paint a wall to make it look like a like a tunnel. I'd try and use the Amazon delivery drones to drop packages on the Roadrunner. Ah, okay. If you can just get enough deliveries and work out the exact points for them to drop, you're laughing. So you just have to time it, time it well, and then just the box just lands on the Roadrunner. Yeah. What's he going to do when he catches him? Eat him. Just eat him. Presumably. Okay. He's a coyote in the in the middle of the desert. That's true. It's gonna be. I just think he could, yeah. he could. He could. He could just eat somewhere else. He's yeah. very. He's if he's able to order items from Acme, he could probably just like order dinner. No, the world was very different, Tom. Coyotes <laughs> weren't just allowed to come into towns like that. <laughs> yeah, he's always <laughs> getting orders from the periphery. <laughs> he had a supplier that drove into the desert <laughs> with a load of shit for him. Um, so Randy Savage in full ring gear uh, is is raging outside. Mean Gene tells Savage that there's a meeting taking place on Savage's future inside the arena. You've just said that he's in the arena, Gene. Pardon me for calling Randy's bullshit. Randy's in the building. Randy's in the building. Randy's outside the building. Randy's outside the building. But in the building is the entire championship board. The championship board, Randy, you're going to fire you. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Which means he's that Randy, shit. which means that Randy's about to get offered a fifty-eight year contract, <laughs> uh, more money than he's ever seen in his life per week. Uh, and yeah, if, if Gene's intel's anything to go off, Randy's set for life. He continues to stir the shit by saying, "Hey, Flair also said that he's showing your wife a good time." Gene, you little troublemaker. Randy maker. said you've got little girl arms and you're not strong, <laughs> uh, Randy. And he said you feed burgers to swans. Yeah. Beef burgers to swans. You've made Disgusted. them float better. Disgusted. Savage is living at this point, and rightly so, because Gene has <laughs> fucking wound this mentalist up, and he tries to run the building, but bullies stop him. And Gene's yeah. like, hey, I'm just the messenger. You grifter. Don't shoot the messenger. Oh, shoot Gene Unlike Ric Flair, who's going to shoot everything you love, Randy. He's got all your possessions. He's got your Sega Mega Drive, Randy. He's going to shoot it. He's <laughs> going to shoot hurts. it, Randy. Your custom-painted Sega Mega Drive, Randy. What are you going to do? What colors has he painted it? Every color. Every color. Like a tie-dye Mega Drive. Yeah. Ooh. Tie-dye Mega Well, tie-dye would be Ventura or Body. Not Body. Uh, Superstar Billy Graham. Superstar or, Billy Graham. Uh, what? No, because if it's all colors, it would be Warrior. So Randy's would just be, I don't know, yellow, red, black, blue. Okay. It'll just say Slim Jim on it. Nice. Yeah. It's a lovely little color, that is. Like, yeah. I like that color scheme. Maybe we just go for Slim Jim red. Is it like a red? It's kind of a red. Yeah, and obviously it's blood meat, so there's a bit of red in some Is it blood it's, meat? It's blood in it, isn't there? It's like a big long blood bogey, isn't it? Is, a is it? Pepperami. I thought it was just a pepperami. It's just a, yeah, but that's a, just like a big long Is it? Meat. I thought it was just spicy meat. I'm sure there's blood in it. I mean, there probably yeah. is to a degree, because it's meat. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's still delicious, don't get me wrong. I love is good, there blood in the pepperami? I love a good dried out blood bogey. A new podcast series coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be a thing, thank you. I saw Black Pudding getting made, Carney, that... Like, if it's hidden, 
I can eat it, but mm. I've seen it and smelled it being made. Not fucking chance. How dare you? It's, mock it's, the black pudding. It's, man, it, it's it's just I don't know. Just just watching blood boil like that was just like <laughs> and the smell. <laughs> yum, 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 You're just yum, eating yum. a big scab. Yep. <laughs> Delicioso. Uh, we're getting the blood runs cold promo again. No, no, no. Our we're not world this. is about to change, change, change. Blood runs cold, cold, cold. Sub zero. <laughs> uh, the Observer writes Brian Clark has denied that he is going to be in WCW as part of Blood Runs Cold. There were also rumors that Hakushi would be part of this impending faction. Uh, and however, that may not necessarily be the case. Um, <laughs> The it's only nice name to see I know that, for... that wrestling outlets have been getting it this wrong for this long. Oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Dave, Dave is saying that Blood Runs Cold is going to be a faction. Yeah. There, was, there was a point where everyone thought Blood Runs Cold was going to be Kevin Nash. Yeah, I could see them making him into a big overly comical fucking ice human. Yeah, well, thankfully they didn't. Yeah. Uh, so, they, so, so they're trying to find out who is in it. So they, they, they think it's probably not Harkushi. Adam Bomb, a.k.a. Brian Clark, has denied it. Dave says, the only name I know for sure as part of this ninja force is David Ashford Smith, who was last in WCW a few years back as Yoshi Kwan, a.k.a. Chris Champion. So Yoshi Kwan coming back in, potentially. Uh, we'll, hey, see how it happens. We'll see get it there. Unfolds. It's going to be one of the most fucking disappointing reveals of all time. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's just, if That's you're going to put this much money into somebody, you would surely make sure that you had a whole fucking thing ready, right? And that, the, crowd, so. and that the crowd weren't just immediately going to go, what? <laughs> it's snowing inside. Okay. He's um, some spooky ice man. I mean, that shit was cool. This, the inside smell. Yeah, it was cool, but I, I just think the audience weren't ready for it. No. Yeah. Cook it again in 2020 and have Sting turn up in eight. Well, we've had Glacier reappear, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah. yeah. He'll keep popping up again. Um, Brad Armstrong in action next. He's fighting the winner of the Lethal Lottery no. Battle Bowl, no. Diamond Dallas no. Page. We'll get to it. I know we'll get to it. Don't you worry. We'll fucking get to it. Uh, Page asks the referee to look after his ring. Uh, he takes it off his finger and hands it to the ref. Page begs off from Brad, uh, misses a couple of attempts at cheap shots, but then we get some really random great ground wrestling here for a little bit. Yeah. GP and Brad Armstrong have got a Brad Armstrong roll around. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was good. He Did might be a bit, you know, like white meat baby face. But he's, he's very he's, white he's, meat baby face. Still fucking Brad Armstrong. American, like, like coat with the American flag on. Yeah. Like all that bullshine. Uh, Brad fights uh, fights out. Oh, sorry, sorry. Brad gets caught throat first on the top rope uh, with like a jaw, like a jaw break, a jaw jacker yeah. type thing from Paige. Gives Paige a bit of a lift. Uh, Brad, Brad fights out of a headlock after the break. Gets a near fall from a, a backslide. But Armstrong dodges a corner tackle. Bounces Page's head off the buckle. He lands a lovely crossbody for a near fall as well. However, almost out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Page stops Brad's momentum with a quick uppercut and then a diamond cutter for the very sudden three. I liked it. It felt like the RKO. Yeah. Early days RKO, which is what it is. It's just nice to see DDP getting featured time on mm. fucking Nitro. So congratulations <laughs> to Paige, who is the winner of the Lethal Lottery Tournament. You know. mm. uh, Bischoff admonishes Paige for high-fiving himself. This is the beginning of the self-high-five. And it made me wonder, what if he just called it the self-pat on the back? Barry Horowitz has that. Yeah, but other hand. Just use the other hand. Ah, yeah. see, that or changes go over the, game. the the Go over the, the same side, so it's different. So it's not like that. 
Ah. Really awkwardly have to kind of reach every time. I think that would really solidify it for the character. <laughs> kind of, South back pass. If he's got like a marked out zone on his back that he has to hit, like a hand mark as well. So, but it's oh, always nice. a bit too low. So he's just, and they make him get it tattooed on. And he's just like, every time for five minutes, just trying to slide his hand into position. He's like, self-pat on the back. <laughs> you look like me when I get an itch on my back at home. And Alex will go, what are you doing? As I suddenly catch myself on a door frame, just rubbing yeah. my back up and down. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just got an itch on my back. She's like, why? You, you look, look like a bear. bear. Yeah. You're not a fucking bear. What you are you doing? You look like a bear. <laughs> What's an itch? Gene is fucking back again. <laughs> he interviews Diamond Dallas Page. He puts himself over for being the best of the best in the Lethal Lottery Battle Bowl. He wins the ring. He calls Can himself the Lord of the Rings. As well, DDP's got a great fucking uh, great car impression on him when he goes, no. Oh, he does. He would have been, you know, mm. coolest person ever in the locker room, surely. And he goes, good God. <laughs> After he does the car. Did he do the car first? I can't remember. No, good God. You think I think the car is first. All I know is he went. No. He thanks himself, gives himself a self high five, and, and then, then throws down the challenge to Giant Boy. I want which you he's entitled to, mine. which he's entitled he's to, entitled to for winning the Lethal Lottery. Which is why <sighs> this annoyed me. Mean Gene Oakland goes, "Oh, don't shoot the messenger." Yeah, fuck. Just got off the phone with the championship committee. Because your foot slightly hit the floor in the lethal lottery, in the battle, battle royal at the end of the lethal lottery tournament, um, you're not going to have the ring taken off you. But the world title match, which the whole tournament was for, you're not getting it anymore. Well, DDP doesn't deserve it, really, does he? He's not exactly seven foot tall and, and sculpted out of marble. And to be honest, that's all you need to be champion, right? You don't need to be able to be a dynamic performer like DDP or, um, you know, uh, an interesting performer at the time that's not the same as everybody else like DDP or, um, you know, just, just uh, DDP at all. Do you know who gets it? Lex Luger! Lex Luger's getting the title shot that the winner of the Battle Bowl should have had. He was out in the first round! It, it's you did, you did Gene too much service there as well, I feel. like, And that's a fucking weird thing to say because it's mean Gene, he's the boy. But like, it felt like to me that Gene simply said something quite convoluted and quickly about, oh, you got the pin with one foot on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And it I was think... like, it shows footage of him over the fucking rope. And it's like, so what? Was he supposed to pin him with his chest only? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that Gene was probably given instructions that yeah. he didn't drink he in properly. Like barking down his ear. Yeah, because they showed the cliff. I think it was because one foot of, of DDP's hit the floor. Yeah. That is classes as an that elimination. That Why wouldn't you just take the ring off him and give it to the second place? I mean, that would have been a better option. What annoys me about the whole thing is that pay-per-view, <laughs> Sam, I enjoyed your company as I always do. That pay-per-view was so shit. It was completely irrelevant. It was, and now it's irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. We could have just skipped it. Yep. Because nothing of consequence happened. Nope. And uh, not really any good matches happened either. What was the point? That was their idea. Welcome to uh, WCW. Oh my God. Welcome to WCW. It's only going to get better, a lot better than a lot worse from here. I don't get it. Because, like, if the end result was going to be, oh, Lex Luger's headline in the bash, have Lex win the Battle Bowl. Tom, I don't give a shit. They've already given me their money. Fucking. Like, that's, that's, it, it's, <laughs> the, the audience have already paid for the pay-per-view. 
You can oh. sort of do whatever you want afterwards. It's not advisable, but oh, I know you're <laughs> you know, right. You could, you could just you could just reset it and pretend the pay per view didn't happen if you want. Come Monday, what you're saying is right, and that's what's annoying. Like, Card subject to change, and I guess that in turn leads to just everything subject to change. Just what? Yeah, you are right, Sam. Yeah, card subject to change. Plus, again, Lex Luger doesn't get anywhere near enough opportunities. Fucking you know, and he was really way. out of luck recently, where he had two car breakdowns and he couldn't make those two defenses. So maybe he'll get two more for free for doing fuck all, um, just to make up for it. It's like having a restaurant with nine waiters and Lex Luger's the one carrying seventeen plates. Use another waiter. <laughs> It's like, no, I've got this. No, we've got to give all the plates to Lex. <laughs> if we don't, he's going to beat us up. <laughs> <laughs> he threatened us in the car park. Fucking Lex. He said he's got a pipe in his car, and I don't, I don't, I don't want him to get the pipe out. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to warp to Zone Three. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Oh, it made me mad. I made me mad. I, 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 you know, to quote comic book guy, I wasted my life. Um, I'm 39. I've got every hour's got a count. Three hours, we could have skipped and done something fun. You just got Eric Bishop. I've <laughs> we got you. Yeah, we swerved you, bro. <laughs> Get fucked. Main event o'clock, and it's Arn Anderson getting a shot of the world title. Which I want to see w. more of. Mm. More. More. Um, there's More. seven minutes of TV time remaining, so let's see how we do with this one. Now, Ric Flair on commentary is like laughing, smiling. He's confident, and he says, oh, this is going to be the night that we finally see somebody DDT the Giant. And I'd never even thought that there was a challenge to DDT the Giant until now, but apparently there was. We have a little bit of a chat between Kevin Sullivan and Jimmy Hart, and Kevin Sullivan says, hey, look, I'm out here because, you know what, Arn Anderson's had my back through all this silliness recently so I want to make sure it's a fair shot he's just like I don't want any shenanigans I've seen you recently getting involved with other matches Uh, it needs to be fair for Arn and it's like what are you you here for (laughs) what's what's Jimmy going to do to Arn if Jimmy hits Arn with the megaphone I'm pretty sure Arn knows where Jimmy lives and that's not a prospect I don't think anybody wants is Arn just turning up with his Glock Uh, (laughs) angry (laughs) I love that Hey, if I get a mild bit of road rage, if I get a mild bit of a traffic incident, I'm going to fucking shoot a man. <laughs> Arn Anderson, 2021. What if you cost him a title? You don't even want to know. <laughs> Arn tries everything except pulling out the Glock, uh, but gets shoved just around. Just wasn't allowed it. Yeah. Just wasn't allowed it in because they've got police in the building tonight. It's livid. He gets body slammed by the giant from a million feet up. But all the while, Flair is laughing and smiling, going, ah, there's a plan, there's a plan. There is a game afoot, apparently. Uh, Arn is getting thrown from one side of the ring to the other. He gets a backdrop for his trouble as well. However, crafty Arn went outside the ring with the giant, waits for the giant to get back into the ring, and uses the ropes to low blow the giant. Nice little opportunity here. Hit some double axe handles yep. to bring the giant down to his knee. Hooks his head for the DDT. Mm-hmm. And Giant lifts him, positions him, grabs him by the throat, and, and choke slams him. Lies on him like he's a Shay Long for one, two, three. And the Giant beats Arn Anderson. Flair immediately takes off his headset and leaves. Yeah, and commentary's like, Flair, Flair's left the desk. Flair's left. There's got to be a plan here. He's got to. And then uh, Bobby leaves, and then Bischoff's alone, and then the show ends. That's it. Flair no, doesn't run to the ring. No this plan. Is, <laughs> I don't know if he just ran out of time, maybe. Well, I don't know. They had a, it was a it, weird. It one. also it fits in with Flair at the minute being kind of chicken shit. Yeah. And it's like if the plan was for him to DDT the giant and then something happened. 
the DDT never occurred, right? So Flair's just fled into the night, He's, got yeah. the hell out of Dodge as fast as he can. They've gone for a party. I just wish we could have seen it. Just, you know, like the, the speed with which I, I think it would have happened in my head. Yeah. Just that, that shot of the three of them. And then all of a sudden in a blink of an eye, Flair's just like, boom. And you just see like the outline of him still there. Like that, We're back that in the cartoon world, just straight we? over the table. <laughs> yeah. Now, in The Observer, Dave says this is one of the worst title matches he's ever seen. Now, I didn't think it was like... It wasn't terrible. We've seen much worse it's since. Much We've worse. seen much fucking worse subsequently. Yeah, um, I, I I like the finish. I liked him going for the DDT and the giant just muscling him up and it, and sort of positioning him. I like that. I, I like that. Then they're, they're not over egging it with the you know because we we've seen giant get taken down now, mm. but it's still a challenge for anybody in the ring with him to get him to even one knee, which Arn manages to get him to one yeah. knee. That is it, and so it's sort of building more and more and it's going to get more of like a fucking look at the size of him who could possibly and all of the standard tropes that you know you'll see start to become associated with Paul White generally uh, but it, it's just I feel like it's just it feels quite natural at the minute mm. I quite like it yeah yeah I, I didn't have an issue with it I yeah. thought it was a main event it was fine uh, thoughts on Nitro in general it's a bit of a weird one <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah it was alright I think Gene needs better intel he's got oh. a fire Bobby Bobby's been in the wrong swimming pool getting the wrong intel about a wrong Randy. <laughs> Randy's getting in for from ra Randy see, though, Travis. But you can just see under the water and he's just holding the mic out like that. I think Gene needs to stop being a fucking grifter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, Eddie and Rick was fantastic. Yeah. I think that was my favourite. That's been my favourite Nitro match so far. Fire and Ice versus Steiners was just... Oh, yeah. Nice bit of beefy boy action, that. Oh. Off we go on the road to Great American Bash where Lex Luger's getting a main event again because, heaven forbid, we don't have enough Lex Luger on our show. Everybody should be asking when Lex isn't in the building, <laughs> where's Lex? <laughs> Why isn't Lex here? <laughs> Hogan's disappeared mysteriously, so it's time to call back to Hogan too and see what's going on Actually, not now. one mention of Hogan this week. Yeah. That was nice, wasn't it? That was yeah. a nice palate cleanse for everybody. Good. Uh, we'll be back maybe mentioning Hogan next week. Until then, he's at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> What was the point of Slambury? Nothing. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 